Podcast, episode 142. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanretty. Last time we ended with something of a cliffhanger, insofar as there's any suspense to be had in the rolling out of this play. We left off, as Claudius hinted, that he wanted to discuss and enlist one of Laertes' most notable qualities. I'm afraid he won't get as far as telling him or us what that skill is before the end of this episode, but there's a very good reason for this, as we'll see. Laertes just asked, what part is that, my lord? Which quality is it that people have been saying is one of Laertes' strengths? Claudius is playing a very long game and doesn't seem in any rush to answer. A very ribboned in the cap of youth, yet needful too, for youth no less becomes the light and careless livery that it wears than settled age his sables and his weeds, importing health and graveness. Two months since, here was a gentleman of Normandy. I've seen myself and served against the French, and they can well on horseback. But this gallant had witchcraft in it. He grew onto his seat, and to such wondrous doing brought his horse as he had been encorpsed and demi-natured with the brave beast. So far he topped my thought that I, in forgery of shapes and tricks, come short of what he did. Claudius is so clearly playing games. He's whetted Laertes' appetite. It's a very self-confident person who would not want to know about a quality that other people are praising behind their backs, and the younger man is now a fish on Claudius's hook. Don't be tempted to think that Claudius is dismissing this quality, though. He says it's a very ribbon on the cap of youth, but that's not to suggest that it's a trifle or something inconsequential. Rather, it's the cherry on top, this ribbon, this feather in his cap. It is needful, he says. It's just as appropriate for a young man to have such a display of his skills and talents as an older man of settled age should have his sables and his weeds importing health and graveness. We go through the stages of life and our clothing can reflect the age we're at. Laertes is young, and so demonstrating his talents is no bad thing. But now, instead of telling us what such talents might be, Claudius changes the subject. Or so we might think. Two months ago, he says, there was a gentleman of Normandy here. This is the key information. But since Claudius is on this campaign of dazzling Laertes with all this information, he has a lot more to say. He explains that he's seen a lot of French people and that they are generally good with horses. I've seen myself and served against the French, and they can well on horseback, but this gallant had witchcraft in it. This man from Normandy was not just good on his horse, he was magic. He had witchcraft on his side, it seems. There are two important pieces of information here. First, that Claudius had served in some sort of military campaign, and this French man has some kind of access to the dark arts. We've discussed in detail how Claudius is much more of a diplomat than a warrior, a strategist more than a soldier. He is very different from the previous king, Hamlet, who we only ever see armed in full regalia. It's not much of a point buried within a bunch of more pressing information, but as with everything else Claudius says to other people, there's no harm in questioning it. Is it a lie? 
do we think that Claudius actually served in this military campaign against the French? Or is it just a little flourish to make him sound like he knows what he's talking about? Laertes, after all, has been living in Paris, and would surely know perfectly well that the French are good horsemen. This one, he's describing, was special, mind you. He grew unto his seat, and to such wondrous doing brought his horse, as he had been encorpsed and demi-natured with the brave beast. This rider did such amazing things on his horse, that it was as if they were the one being, like some kind of centaur, encorpsed and demi-natured with the brave beast. It's pretty impressive stuff. Apparently he's so glorious a horseman that Claudius can't think up ways to describe it. So far he topped my thought that I, in forgery of shapes and tricks, come short of what he did. This rider's skills are so far beyond Claudius's imagination, or thought, that even his attempts to describe or recreate them, with this forgery of shapes and tricks, come short of what he did. He's that good, apparently. And despite all of this, horsemanship is not at all the skill that we're supposed to be discussing, or the one that Laertes has been displaying as a ribbon in his cap. Laertes is thinking. He completes Claudius's line with a question. A Norman, was it? And Claudius confirms, this supreme equestrian is indeed a Norman, from Normandy in the north of France. Laertes has a fair idea of who this man might be, and he hazards a guess. Upon my life, Le Monde. And he's right. Claudius completes his line, the very same. So Laertes confirms it. I know him well. He is the brooch indeed and gem of all the nation. We've had lots of imagery of decorations here. The ribbon in the cap, livery, sables, weeds, and now the brooch and gem of all the nation. This secures the significance or worthiness of Le Monde, a great jewel in the French crown, as it were. Someone will see whose opinion matters. It's interesting that this language of decoration, of clothing and style, is being used by Claudius and Laertes. The younger man is speaking the older man's language. Claudius is patiently, skilfully winning Laertes to his side, and it's reflected rather subtly in the language they now share. There have been different suggestions made as to what this French man's name should be. Most say Le Monde, which is harmless enough. Other editors have suggested La Mode, which sounds like the French word for fashion, La Mode. You might make the argument that this is a further play on all these words to do with clothing. A more spirited argument has been made for his name being La Mord, L-A-M-O-R-D, which is the French word for death. If this is so, we get a very ominous response from Laertes when he realises that it's him. Upon my life, La Mort. Upon my life, therefore, death. Life and death juxtaposed. I'm not entirely convinced that Shakespeare was that fancy, but if you've been reading Henry V this week for the book club, you'll have noticed that he had at least enough French to write a scene and quite a few linguistic jokes en français. If you'd like to read more about the various arguments that have been made on this La Monde, La Mort point, check out the show notes for this episode. I'll include a link to an essay that talks about all the possibilities of his name. If you don't know it already, the website address is thehamletpodcast.com. 
This week I've been doing a little bit of promotion, trying to get the podcast listed in a variety of other platforms. And you can now access this and all episodes on Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Castro, Pocket Casts, iHeartRadio and Podchaser, as well as all the old regulars of iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google and TuneIn. So what more could you ask for? As for why Claudius is mentioning this man, whatever his name is, and his horse, you'll have to come back next week. Claudius is casting a very wide net to entrap Laertes, and we'll have to get there bit by bit. As ever, thank you for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.